0: I think it's appropriate that we kind of slid into this concept or this topic of accountability, because when you talk about resolutions, when you talk about goals, when you talk about things you want to achieve, a big part of that is accountability. And are you going to achieve it or not? Are you going to hold yourself accountable? Do you have an accountability partner, somebody that can check in on you and say, are you doing this?
1: Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success.
0: And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and
1: employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast.
0: Keep connecting with IAPA in 2024.
1: Join your colleagues and peers at the IAPA FEC Summit from January 21st to the 23rd in San Antonio, Texas.
0: Or Plan to celebrate the industry's most significant achievements at the new IAPA Honors event held in conjunction with the IAPA North America Summit
1: March 3rd through the 5th in Las Vegas. We can't wait to see you there. Visit IAPA.org. That's I A A P A.org for more information. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, happy new year. How are you?
0: Happy New Year to you! I am fan 2024 tastic. Woo! Yeah, the first fantastic of 2024. (laughs) And you see how I put the two the 2024 in there?
1: Yes, yes. That just came to me. You know, you're just so good at coming up with things on the fly. (laughs) I was inspired. The first of 52 fantastics for this year. That's right.
0: Unless I come up with a new catchphrase or something, or I'm not feeling fantastic, maybe I'm feeling a different way in 2024. Hey, you know, change things up, you know, keep it fresh. And you never know what's going to happen on the Attraction Pros podcast. You you like to keep our audience on their toes. That's right. That's right. I have a question for you. Okay. So, thinking of, I don't know if you're a very superstitious person. But when people think of a lucky number what's like the one number that comes up over and over and over again
1: I think the one that comes up over and over again is 7. Yes. Yes. <laughs> why why do you
0: ask? <laughs> because this happens to be the 7th resolutionary episode that we've done since we started the Attraction Pros
1: podcast. Matt, we have recorded a resolutionary episode so many times that I have forgotten that resolutionary is not a word and that we made it up (laughs) in our first annual. I don't even know if it was our first day. It was just, "Eh, we'll just do something about resolutions in the first uh, January of the podcast's existence. Well, I think if you keep using a word... And it just
0: becomes part of your thought process, part of your vernacular, then then it's real, right? Then, so, then
1: Merriam Webster has to acknowledge it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, so today is the day. We're into 2024. It's the seventh resolutionary episode. We've talked about things that we want to accomplish or we're looking forward to in the coming year. Uh in the past, we have um you you shared your Bhag of writing a book, and now that's real. You've got a book, you're gonna show it here if somebody's watching the video. Woohoo, the hospitality yeah. mentality. Uh right. that was one of the bhags uh that you had a couple years ago.
1: Yeah. And you know, I announced it on the podcast of so I'm gonna write a book. And that helped keep me accountable because like, well, I've already told our audience that it's going to happen. So I better do it. And that really, you know, I don't know if it's like a blessing or a curse that like we have this platform in this audience where we get to like say something and then it's like, oh, then, oh yeah, we actually got to do it now. So, so I did it. Yeah. I was being held accountable by, by you and by everyone watching and listening or just listening at the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and what's interesting is people
0: sometimes ask me, you know, how have you been able to continue with the podcast, a new, new episode every single week? And I tell them, you know, it is a lot about accountability mm-hmm. uh, because I'm guessing if I was doing this on my own, as much as I would want to continue on, I may not have the same accountability that I do. Because you're here, you know, expecting, you know, a a new, a new episode as well. And then, and vice versa. So um, to me, that's been a really, a really big driver of our continued, um, I'll say success or just continued um, perseverance of doing a new episode every week
1: i love whenever we're talking to a guest right before we start recording and we're just going through kind of like the bullet points and just like the logistics and this and that and this episode is going to air on this date and i just love saying the episode number because well for one it, it keeps growing and it, it has gotten to a point even a while ago where basically every single guest almost kind of says wow when they realize what their episode number is going to be of, of just wow you guys, have, you guys have been a while and it completely goes back to that that joint accountability of of we we are keeping each other accountable to make sure that we've got an episode every single Tuesday and we have not missed a Tuesday since we started in September of 2017. Wow well, that's a lot of Tuesdays a lot of Tuesdays <laughs> about 330 of them
0: I think that's right uh, <laughs> as of today as of this Tuesday um so I think it's appropriate that we kind of slid into this concept or this topic of accountability because when you talk about resolutions, when you talk about goals, when you talk about things you want to achieve, a big part of that is accountability. And are you going to achieve it or not? Are you going to hold yourself accountable? Do you have an accountability partner, somebody that can check in on you and say, are you doing this? Um, What I think of a lot of times, and I know we've talked about this, is people that get a gym membership or they start, you know, eating differently January 1. And then by February 1st, they're like, eh, this is too much. Or I don't want to do this. Or they don't have the internal or external accountability to keep them going and i know that's something i talk to a lot of leaders about is, is accountability certainly it's important from the hospitality uh side of things so i do think it's important and appropriate that that's the first thing we're talking about here on the resolutionary episode
1: yes yes so matt you and i have put together a few things that we want to be held accountable for in 2024 and one of mine is not becoming a poet, but that just happened there, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> coincidentally. Uh, so I figure you know it, it'll be nice if you and I share what our resolutions are, what our, our commitments are going into this new year so we can hold each other accountable and our audience can hold us accountable too. And you know what? We could probably put some things out there for the industry that we can try to keep the industry accountable for, things that we suggest be some priorities and commitments that everyone watching and listening can, can put into their routine as well. Oh, I like that. I like that. So do you want to kick us off and start with your first one? Sure. Why not? Take it away. So my first one right here, my first resolution, if you will, I, you know, I, I'm reflecting back onto 2023 and it was, uh, it was a, a big year for me, for my, my business-wise, right? I, I uh, had been employed for a couple of years prior to that during during the pandemic. Uh, had a great opportunity to join the team with Roller Software and in, in this marketing capacity. And uh, early in 2023, I started getting some some phone calls and some people who were who were interested uh, in my consulting business, which I had been doing for you know a number of years beforehand, and was working closely with Amusement Advantage and aligning all that with Mystery Shops and you know and, and all of that. So, in speaking with a number of people in the industry uh, around the middle of the year, I ended up. Um, Uh, actually transitioning out of my role with with Roller because there was a, uh, a big organizational structure and a shift in priorities and ultimately gave me the opportunity to reflect on what is my business and what do I offer. And I had anchored it for many years around guest experience training. So clients bring me in to deliver workshops, largely geared towards the frontline staff, it's been very successful the last uh let's see almost eight years or so as of this recording and it's grown and it's been refined and it's been developed and turned into a book and all of that i was able to really look at saying what can i do to continue ongoing relationships with prospective clients and, and attraction operators within the industry so my my first kind of resolution and, and commitment to myself is to put together more ongoing long lasting partnerships that extend beyond I fly in for a day, deliver the workshops and I leave because I want to make sure that I can help sustain those guest experience initiatives And even pull back and say, yes, we're we're doing the training, but let's talk about what the training is based on. And let's talk about the culture of hospitality within the organization and what are the actual policies and procedures in place to be able to do that? How are we recognizing our staff when they're going above and beyond to be able to, to meet that standard? How do we grow the business through the guest experience? And in many cases, a lot of people have said, we have all these big, ambitious ideas and these plans but then we've got our job that we have to do as well. So being able to, you know, no one's using the word outsource, but to be able to kind of extend out and say, hey, we can develop a lot of these initiatives with help from someone who has some expertise in this space. uh, It allows for a lot of those goals to be met um, at, a lower cost, but also a lower cost for the organization, but also allows for an ongoing partnership and relationship. So my goal is to be able to craft more ongoing partnerships with attraction operators in the industry.
0: I love that. And for a number of reasons, number one, I think you've got a message that people need to hear more than once. Um, I think that, you know, when you get into focusing on the guest experience, it's, it's okay to hear it once and then, you know, kind of go about your business and things like that. But it really, I mean, I'm going to keep coming back to it. It's a mentality, right? And so when you have that, that message that is reiterated and, and attacked in a couple of different ways, and you're able to see from an organizational standpoint, what are those things that are really getting in the way? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I have both had the experience where you go in and you deliver a workshop, and then you start to, kind of peel back the onion of that organization, you find, you know, all that stuff I just talked about is great. And it's, you know, the great tools and everything, but there's all these roadblocks I didn't know about that are actually yeah. getting in the way. And I think, you know, being able to work with clients on an ongoing basis is really going to be beneficial for them to uncover what some of those roadblocks are so that they can, they can um, uh, get more value out of your expertise. Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And it's it's a win win because honestly, I mean, for me personally, now this is my job. Whereas previously, it had always been kind of an enhancement to to the income. So now, being able to to say, all right, there there is consistency of revenue for me. me be fully transparent that that is one of the one of the advantages of it as well, provided I'm you know providing those deliverables too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cool. So that's number one for me.
0: What about all you? All right. Number one for me. I had an epiphany the other day. Um, you know about POC University, Performance Optimist Consulting, YO University, um, which I started right around the pandemic-ish time. And, you know, it's really focused on individual leaders who want to build their network, they want to grow their skills, they want to, you know, develop deeper relationships with people around the industry. And it's been, it's been going well, but I honestly haven't had as much time and opportunity to put into really taking it to the next level. And I've probably talked about this before, you know, wanting to do that, but my realization, my, my epiphany was that I can't do it alone. I need to ask for help. I've been working on a new website. I've been working on a, on a, on an on-site retreat that I want to do. I've been completely refocusing on how the the program will will run as a you know as an offering to people. And I'm really excited about it. But I also know that looking at all the moving parts to it. It's really hard. Like you said, you've got these big grandiose ideas and then you've got your job, right? So I've got podcasts I need to record. I've got coaching calls I'm doing. I'm, you know, flying to different places to work with clients. And all of that is wonderful. I'm not wanting to give any of that up. Maybe I'm asking for too much, but what I'm, what I'm realizing, and I, like I said, I, I, I was sitting right here in this chair the other day and I just went, oh, I need help. And so I'm going to be reaching out for more help on things. And this is this is the springboard to other things that I may need more help on. Um, I've really been running my business and my operation as a solopreneur uh, for many, many years since I started in 2011. And I keep going back to something you and I have talked about where if you want to go far, you know, um, what is it? You want to go far, go with a group. You want to go fast, go by yourself. Um, and I think I'm to the point where especially in this realm of of taking this thing that I've created POC University to the next level, that I'm going to need some help. And so I'm going to be reaching out to some people, current people in the group who know it the best uh, to start with, and then, you know, kind of figure out from there, is it a task force, is it, you know, just certain individuals that might want to get involved, but um, really looking for that outside influence to help me move that
1: project forward. That's awesome. I want to know more about about what that looks like. So you're going to be looking within your group, your group of unis, right now, yes. to be able to to say this is this is what I need help with, and this is how it how it breaks down, and where other people would be able to contribute to it. Am I understanding that right?
0: Yes. And if we could quote Heather Barnes. Yes. Um, yes. And I will. I want to get them involved or people involved in the in the creation of the next steps of it as well. I've, I've already asked for input, right? I've already, you know, said, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think our next steps should be? Um, You know, that kind of thing. And I've gathered tons and tons of great input. um, But part of it is the execution as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also looking at this as a, as a way to help develop others. So you know whenever you get the opportunity to do something out of the ordinary or out of the norm, it helps you grow. You you get new experiences. And so, you know, part of the you know thought process of people being in the quote unquote university as unis is not only that they get to attend the classes and and attend the the um the interactions, but if they're also helping Put it on, and then they become the the teachers of of the next generation, if you will. Then that takes their skill level to the next to, or skills to the next level. So that's kind of how I'm thinking of of kind of framing that program. But again, I I need help, and that's my realization, and that's my commitment to get help
1: so that I can take it to the next level. What I love about that is that you're you've developed a way to scale it, but that it directly serves the members. So you could say. I'm gonna I'm gonna hire all these consultants to work for me, and they're gonna lead the group, and they're gonna lead the the training, and I'm you know I'm, I'm gonna hire people who have you know public speaking, and, you know you no know, hire the people who are who are doing the thing. Now you're not even hiring them; you're you're engaging them to do the thing to be able to grow because they're going to gain the benefit that they came to you for in the first place, while also scaling that and delivering it to others. That's the idea. Awesome. That's the idea. Nice. All right. So, cool. what's your next one? All right, so my next one is to invest more in myself and development and the things that I would like to see continuous improvement upon as I grow. in in my career and my business and, you know, and all of that. So, uh, for example, one of the things that I do a lot is, you know, if I'm delivering uh, guest experience workshops or if I'm speaking at conferences, uh, I've become a public speaker in the last in the last few years. It was something I did not initially intend to do until several years ago when I had a client reach out and they said, hey, can you build us a customer service training program? So, yeah, sure, I can do that. Built out the very first model of my guest experience workshop took that and then presented an even scaled down version of that at a conference I was at the florida attractions conference back in 20 before we started the podcast it was i think it was the same time as we were talking about starting a podcast 2017 and then that kind of grew from there and then i've realized now i'm speaking at conferences a lot now whether maybe they're virtual maybe they're in person now i'm delivering workshops a lot as well uh so one of the things that i want to uh, look into is becoming a better public speaker because so far it's just been trial by fire. It's it's looking at, all right, what's landing with the audience? What's not? What can I do to reflect on this? What can I do to improve? What are some mistakes that I have seen? Maybe they're not even mistakes that I've made, but things that I'm aware of, of I'm going to arrive an hour early just to make sure that the audio works, you know, instead of 15 minutes earlier and realize that everybody's scrambling. I would rather stand on a stage and do nothing for 57 minutes than stand on a stage for 10 minutes as everyone's freaking out around me. Or I'm the only one freaking out because I don't know who's able to solve the problem. Whatever. I So one of the things is about uh, improving my public speaking. And this is one thing I've been wanting to do for quite a while, but the the stars have never really aligned to do it. Uh, so I live in Chicago, and Chicago is home to Second City. And Second City offers a number of classes for stand-up comedy. And they have one that is specifically geared toward public speaking and presentations. And I'm thinking if there's any public speaking course that that I would do. I know there's there's a ton of them out there, uh but I figure this one really aligns nicely because I do like the comedy element of it. I do like the fact that I think a breakout session at a conference should be entertaining. I feel the most energized when the audience can actually laugh at something not because, you know, I'm up there telling jokes, but because they're, there's a, a way in delivering the content that makes people Maybe maybe just chuckle a little bit at, at at something that has to do with the framework, and then that resonates uh, much better. So that's one of my goals this year. That is awesome. When do you start with Second City? Well, I'm looking at the calendar. I, I haven't done it yet, right? Which is why it's a resolution, right? So I haven't done it. Uh, there, were, uh, there was a program in, in January and February that did not specifically align with my schedule. So I am hoping, and I guess you heard it here first, all of my accountability partners listening to this, uh, that, that March, April would be the ideal time for him to do it.
0: Well, that's exactly why I asked. To, to be your accountability partner. Yes. So, yes. so it's not just something you're talking about, but you're actually going to be doing. And what's so funny about that, no pun intended, or maybe it is intended, is that I remember when I was very young and I, I didn't even know that public speaking or training was going to be part of my my future is that I loved watching stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and stand-up comedians. And I recognize that just like you're talking about, some of the things that I do are directly related to watching stand-up comedians. And like you said, you take little bits, you know, from, from here and there, you watch a lot of uh, public speakers. You watch a lot of people who are engaging a crowd, engaging an audience, and you pull from those things, the, the things that really resonate with you. You know, I am not a joke teller, right? right. I, I don't get up and tell jokes. That's not my style. There are people that can do that. And, and wonderful. I am much more of what you are describing where I want to have fun with the audience. You know, maybe there's some self-deprecating humor or maybe there's reactions to something that's happening or, you know, just a way that, you know, you can be personable with the crowd that they weren't necessarily expecting or you say a word or a phrase or a gesture that they're like, that's not what I was, you know, thinking was going to happen. And those kind of little surprises can be fun and, and make it entertaining. So I love the fact that you're you're thinking about No, you're going to do this. Um, and I can't wait uh to hear more
1: about it and the things that you learn. I will I will let you know when I'm signed up and registered and fully committed to it. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. What's your second?
0: My second one um is a little more personal. And uh this one has to do with something that happened back in October, which is I had open heart surgery. Now. After open heart surgery, of course, they tell you that your lifestyle should change, right? More exercise, eating better. Of course, I just, at the time of this recording, I got some amazing uh, baked goods from my, from one of my cousins for Christmas, and I'm like, oh, I can't eat all these. I want to eat the whole box, but I, I know I can't, um, so my resolution, my commitment is to continue something. So it's not a not a January 1st resolution. It's really a, a continued commitment to pay attention to my health a little bit more than I have. Now, part of the reason that the condition happened that it did was family history, which I can't control, right? But there are a lot of things in our lives that we can control that maybe we don't realize that we can control. You know, eating less salt, um, eating less fatty foods. I have not had... I don't think my wife can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, anything fried since my uh, since my surgery, um, you know. I I don't drink a lot of alcohol, but I've even cut back on what little I was drinking anyway. Um, more exercise. I'm I'm currently in a, a rehab set um, group of sessions that goes until early February. And it's three times a week. And from what I've been told, the people that go to those and the people that develop new habits, new lifestyle um, uh, habits and steps, when you go to those things and you, you really absorb the kind of lessons that they're trying to teach you, you do make lifestyle changes. And what I was told by my surgeon was, that's what keeps people away from me. Like that's the surgeon talking, right? So he's like, if you don't want to come back and see me, these are the things that you need to do. Now, he was also realistic, and I and I do appreciate the the health professionals that I got to interact with because they were very realistic too. They didn't say you have to eat pine cones and, and grass clippings, right? It wasn't like that. But they're like, be smart about it. You know, moderation is the is the key to everything. Um, you know, looking at again the appropriate amount of exercise, losing a little weight, focusing on, you know, positive eating habits, but also still incorporating some of those things that you really really love you know so is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich you know once a month going to be the end of me probably not if i do that every single day and i eat things again that are that are high in salt and and fat and fried every single day then i'm going to go back and see the surgeon but my commitment is to not do that so my commitment my my resolution
1: if you will is to continue on that healthier eating and exercise path and you've definitely got a lot of accountability partners out there who want to make sure that you do not see that surgeon again, right? That you stay away from that surgeon. One of the things that um, that I have found is that at any time I've gone on, let a health kick, I don't like to use the word diet because it's, it's like, oh, I'm on a diet. No, it's like, no, I'm trying to be more mindful of everything. Yeah. I find that there's actually more out there that falls into the wheelhouse of what we should be eating that is actually enjoyable then we might realize on the surface of like oh i'm going to be eating pine cones and grass clippings like you just said it's like no there's actually a lot out there that you can still enjoy a lot of flavors uh without all of the all of the the calories and all the sodium and all the things that are you know that are bad for you uh and then as you build that habit you probably won't have as much of a desire for those things before because they'll they'll just mean you know, something so much different. Absolutely. I mean, I'm already noticing that. I've always loved
0: apples and bananas and pears and oranges. And, you know, those have always been something that I've I've really, really enjoyed. But now I'm recognizing that I need to eat them more often, you know, for the potassium and the fiber and, you know, all those different things. And, you know, I think just, again, being mindful of that and and slowly building up that habit is what's going to create lasting change.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm excellent yeah. so that's number 2 for me what's number 2 or 3 for you all right so number 3 for me was thinking back and and reflecting on a couple of really cool moments that happened in 2023 and i want them to happen more in 2024 and okay. one of those aligns very much with this podcast and something that you and i did for our 300th episode which we recorded at iapa headquarters in orlando we decided, let's just throw a meetup. Let's just let's just reserve some space at a bar, and let's just let's just offer to buy people a drink. And we put out we what was it? What was it? Two weeks in advance or so were we announced it? We announced it. I don't even know if we announced it on the podcast. I think we sent out an email. We put it on social. I think we sent out some some personal invites, and we had a really good crowd turn up. And I remember you and I reflected on it afterwards, and we said. What made it so great was that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't super stressful for anybody. I mean, of course we were, we were the hosts of the event. We had to manage, you know, the, just the logistics and and things like that, but we didn't even call it a networking event. This isn't a place where you're going to come and you're going to exchange business cards and you better come dressed formally because, you know, X, Y, Z, we just want to interact with our friends in the industry. So. Fast forward uh, about five to six months later, uh, right before IAPA Expo, uh, I threw a book launch and I planned that nine days in advance. I realized, wait a minute, Sunday night before Expo, I thought I was gonna be busy. I have nothing going on. I was like, I could, I could throw a book launch. And I just put out the invitation right there. And I said, I've reserved some space here. I've got the buffet, we've got an open bar. I've got 30 copies of my book. Just come just come let me buy you a drink right it wasn't please buy a ticket to this networking event you know it was you know it was so casual so informal yet so impactful and when i reflect on on both of those and when i think of what we do from a standpoint of, of just networking networking is about building relationships it is about getting to know one another and it is about having a more personal connection with each other and now that we are very much in a post-pandemic world, 2024—that's a lot of years away from 2020, right? The thought of doing more in-person events really excites me. Whether you know they're they're very small and casual, or if there's you know a, a possibility to make them even larger, the uh, the desire to want to interact more in person in those very casual social settings uh, is is something that I want to look at doing more of in 2024. And I, I'm I'm on board I mean if it's something associated cool. with the podcast or
0: you want to do another book launch I'm there too um but it like I have to write another book but, yeah, there you go. Cool. um well who says you can't do a second book launch that's true
1: you book know launch. book launch yeah. again yeah.
0: yeah there you go um,
1: <laughs> of the book launch but
0: <laughs> but, but I th- I think it's it's such a great. Um, kind of commentary on where we've come, you know, that you can put that out there and so many people want to come and support, you know, the great work that you're doing, but also just kind of get together and meet other people. And I think that's one of the things that we have an opportunity to do as well. When you think about the diversity of our audience, which we don't even know everybody that listens. Um, Just in the last two days, and I don't think I've told you about this yet, but in the last two days on different calls, people have mentioned the podcast. Um, So... I think it's, it's really cool to be able to bring all those different people together. Because when I think about what strengthens and strengthens uh, someone's network, and also their net worth is the amount of people that they're that they know, and the amount of contacts that they have good contacts, mm-hmm. right, people that they know that they can call up, or they can text or they can email, if they've got a question, or if they've got a suggestion, I think that really helps, you know, drive confidence in in people around the industry, but it also helps uh, people focus on the things that are really important, which to your point is the connections that you have with people uh, in the industry. And so I'm on board doing more um, Attraction Pros uh, events. Like I said, I want to do an in-person event for POC University. Um, I would love to attach some of those to more Attraction Pros lives. Um, I love doing those as well. You know, so you get a little bit of the informal, you get some, some informal conversation that we happen to record and it becomes a really cool podcast episode. I love doing all of that uh, kind of stuff. Something also that may even... Kind of uh tag into some of that is we've done a couple of those you know attraction pros takes a certain city las vegas new orleans um where else have we done is that uh, it anyway chicago. chicago of course <laughs> chicago. <laughs> I knew that was another one um <laughs> anything like that where we can go and be attraction pros right mm-hmm. and and Yes, I love talking about it. I love our banter episodes. I love talking to the professionals. Uh, But being out there and experiencing those attractions, I think goes to exactly what you just talked about in terms of getting out and and experiencing those things firsthand. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. All right. Traction Pros Meetup 2024. Bam. (laughs) All right. What's your last one? My
0: last one actually uh, relates to my second one um, about you know, the, the situation I went through, I don't think it can't, like, I don't think I can't focus on this, um, uh, going forward. But when I first got home from the hospital, I put out a LinkedIn post literally wondering, is this going to define me? Mm -hmm. And I was coming at it from a couple of different ways. Like number one, should it define me? Number two, do I want it to define me? Um, number three, will it just define me without my input? Um, meaning like, will it just something be something that takes over my life and becomes everything that I do? Will I start a, you know, heart prose podcast? Will I, you know, start a foundation where I'm helping people, you know, get through heart disease and things like that? I don't think I'm going to go that far. Um, I do think, though, that this has defined some of the stories that I get to tell. In fact, I, I feel like this is a chapter, you know, in my in the book of my life, not the entire book if that makes sense um but i've had a number of people that um have been positively impacted by me just telling my story and so that's my third kind of commitment is to continue telling the story when appropriate and when it'll it'll um uh, have a positive impact on on someone so i had a a really really close high school friend call me yesterday and she said that because I had, you know, posted on Facebook and LinkedIn about going to the hospital and, you know, going to the ER and, and doing all that. And then what resulted from that? She said, I've had some kind of heart issues. And she said, I was trying to just kind of power through and she figured I, it'd get better. And, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but she's like, based on what you did, I went to the hospital and she had all the tests and everything. She doesn't have the, the blockages that I had. She's got kind of an electrical impulse issue, right? And she may have to have a pacemaker, but she wouldn't know that if she hadn't gone to uh, gone to the 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 hospital. I had another friend almost tell me the exact same thing. He says, "I'm going to get a stress test because of, you know what you put out there on on social media. So I think it's a it's a powerful story. It's one that I own and I and I want to tell in an authentic way but I don't want it to become everything about who I am because there's still so much more. Right. And so that's my, my commitment. My resolution is to keep telling that story when appropriate, when I think it's going to have a positive impact on someone.
1: And it sounds like when you, when you use it in those moments, you're potentially saving people's lives. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's
0: that's a, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a big
1: responsibility but you're probably right. Yeah, right? it is, but but to say like hey even well even if it was something maybe, you know, non-life threatening but there there could be someone who comes along and says, "Well, I'm glad I got this checked out because here was something, you know, under the radar, you know, that that I hadn't known about in, you know, in, in any other circumstance and now it's taken care of because I realized, "Oh, I should pay more attention to it because I saw Matt's message." So. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I'm going to I like I said, I don't think it's defining me wholly, um, but I think it's it's given me another perspective that has been very, very valuable in in helping other people, which is what I love to do, as you know.
1: Yeah, very nice. Excellent. Yeah. So those are our three each. Yes. And so we can keep each other accountable. And now all of us can or all of you out there watching and listening can keep us accountable as well. But before we go, we've come up with a couple of resolutions for the industry as well, some things that we would love to see being commitments from those out there delivering these experiences, operating attractions, those who are listening to this podcast uh to focus on in 2024. Do you want to do your first one we have two each. And we have two each. Um
0: this one again will will probably not be a big surprise based on what I've just been talking about. Um the blanket, or I should say the umbrella is take care of your people, right? And I know that there's a lot of people, a lot of organizations, a lot of leaders who are doing their best and and really making efforts and strides to, to put their people first and take care of them. And I, I absolutely applaud that. Uh, but there's far too many still that feel guilty about taking time off, right? Or they're in a short staff situation, which I totally get, but the demands are such that they don't feel like they can do what they need to do to take care of themselves, right? And and that comes from from leadership. And so, it's one thing to say yes, we we have work life balance, or as one of our recent guests yeah. said, work work life integration, which I love. Um, it's another thing to put your money where your mouth is and to, you know, either make sure that you're you're looking in new places to hire people so you're not short staffed or to make the decision and the commitment to not put your people in those positions that's one of my one of my hopes and resolutions for the
1: uh for the industry that's a good one it'll tie into employee experience company culture and uh, employee well-being very nice absolutely all right what's yours my first one is make exceeding expectations part of your standard operating procedures. And that is one of the things I've been having conversations with with so many people about guest experience, guest experience standard, hospitality standard. And we focus so much on setting expectations. And so we want to, of course, we want to exceed every single guest's expectation, but it doesn't happen by accident. So when we focus on that from a very proactive and very intentional standpoint, then we can make exceeding expectations to be part of the job duties of our frontline staff. One of the banter episodes that we had in early 2023 was about this evolving role of the frontline team member and that uh, wages have, have gone up considerably. And there's a lot of technology out there that has taken out a lot of the responsibilities that our frontline team members have historically had. For instance, I think the word cashier we need to abolish that that word because it no longer uh, it is what that team member does. It is not just about the transaction, it's about the experience, it's about the relationship and it's about ways that they can exceed expectations. Excellent. And there's so many
0: um, applications of what you just said. So I think that's that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, what's your second? My second one um, will actually, um, I guess, harken back to our, our interview with Jen Whitmer Um, And it's don't avoid conflict. So I think so many of the things that happen negatively when you talk about culture or guest experience or employee experience happen when we avoid the natural conflict that happens between human beings and assumptions start to be made and feelings get hurt. And we start to kind of unravel the fabric of, of our organization's all because we didn't head on address what was going on and and how we can have that conversation. Now, you and I both know those conversations can be can be gut-wrenching, they can be difficult, they can be um, you know, th- things that we want to avoid, but ultimately handling that conflict and handling the the, the emotional um uh issues right that people might be having or the 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 things that are holding them back from being them their best selves um i think that can really help culture guest experience employee experience so don't
1: avoid conflict nice nicely said thank you how about you second All right. one so, so my second one going back to guest experience and a lot of the conversations i've been i've been having with people lately about what their service culture is and particularly what their service recovery empowerment is about And so here's my resolution for the industry and that is to eliminate the phrase let me get my manager (laughs) the more i've i've spoken to people and i know i talked about this in our app recap episode which is why i saved this for just a here's a, a quick little thing at the end here is that so many people have said we do not include complaint resolution or service recovery as part of our frontline training when in actuality a service failure is part of operations is part of a normal experience. So in addition to exceeding expectations, being part of the SOP service recovery needs to be part of the SOP for frontline staff as well. Absolutely.
0: I I actually thought you were going to go someplace with, with empowerment, like not to eliminate empowerment, but, and this may be a, a different topic for a different time, but eliminate the need for empowerment, meaning that everybody just feels so so um, engaged and and they have the mentality already of hospitality that you don't have to focus on empowering your front line. They just do it, you know. They they're just there to um, you know provide the best hospitality in in uh, uh, in general, so that you, it doesn't have to be a, a buzzword or a um, a process.
1: So the empowerment is just baked in. It's just baked in. in. It's just it's just a natural, seamless. It's it's assumed almost. Baked in like a chocolate chip cookie. But not too many. Not too many, exactly. exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right. I always love doing the resolutionary episode with you. Any any final thoughts? Anything that, that we missed as we start to wind this down here?
0: I don't think there's anything we missed, but I think I want to bring it back to accountability Um, okay. and just think about whatever your... And I don't mean you, Josh, but anybody who's listening, uh, whatever your resolutions are, whether you call them that, whether you call it a goal or a commitment, um, I think having your own personal accountability is important. But I think even more powerful is having an accountability partner, whether it's your spouse or a good friend or a business partner or somebody that you're just telling it to. And it could be the simple... Um, The simple act of just saying it out loud. So other people hear it, you know, because then you're thinking, okay, somebody else knows I'm going to do this. Somebody else knows I'm going to write a book. Somebody else knows that you and I want to do more, um, more in-person events. So now we have more than just ourselves to talk out of it. If we, if we decide not to do it.
1: exactly, Exactly. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Matt, this was, like I said, another fantastic, our seventh, our lucky number seven resolutionary episode, really looking forward to an exciting 2024. So looking forward to to doing 51 more podcasts this year, and hopefully a, a number of them will be in person and we get to uh, meet and interact with, with uh, more and more of you out there. And speaking of everyone out there who is watching and listening, just remember, we are all attraction pros and happy new year. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit
0: attractionpros.com.